This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and uh, we're pleased to welcome back to uh, to the show this morning, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf and uh, uh, Toronto and Buffalo Sabre and Washington Capitol and... I hate to say it, he New York Yankee fan. Uh, of course, we're talking about Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning, Naz. How are you this morning? Good morning, Wally. Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I think we'd be remiss if uh, we didn't recognize that today is a day um, that is in the hearts and minds of a lot of people. Uh, uh, it's one of those days that, and we were chatting about it earlier in the air, it's one of those days that you remember where you were at this specific moment in time. And at this specific moment in time, 15 years ago, um, a day in the inf- in the word, the iconic words of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a day that will live in infamy. Uh, of course, uh, we pause for a second. We uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, horrible memories from that day, but I choose to remember some of the some of the some of the some of the really outstanding things and some of the great things in human beings that came out that day and of course uh, we pay homage to the of course to the victims the police department the fire department the first responders and all those beautiful human beings that um, um, gave the best of themselves that day uh, and and from a Canadian perspective we also talk about the great people of Gander Newfoundland uh, and that's been in the news this week and uh, we certainly want to celebrate the best of Canada as well and and the people of Gander Newfoundland uh, made Canada proud and it's a story that uh, they took in uh, all the uh, all the people who were flying that couldn't couldn't land their planes that day and overnight the population of Gander Newfoundland doubled and uh, it was so heartwarming um, they showed the best of Canada so certainly I'm, I will allow you, Naz, and allow you, uh, Lou, to uh, give your thoughts, but certainly uh, we pause and we reflect, and uh, and if, if we choose to do so, we also say our prayers. Naz? Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty rough day for a lot of people, and uh, you know, the, the police departments, the fire departments of New York, of all the different places, uh, they were uh, A1, number one, and... Uh, it's a, it's a really tough day, and we were talking about this earlier. You know, we we talk about this Kaepernick situation with uh, in the NFL, and on a day like today, you shouldn't be talking about that. You should be talking about September 11. Well, Wally, it, uh, it it was a day that I think everybody opened up their eyes and uh, realized that nobody really in this world is safe. Uh, we lost a few members of the National Hockey League that day. Um, but you got to look at all the heroes that, that there were from that saved many many people. Uh, 
carrying people on their back and leading the people uh, down the stairwell and out of out of the uh, the so-called disaster that uh, the two towers went down. So um, my condolences and everybody in New York City, the fire department uh, and the police and everybody that was involved in trying to clear that place up and people also in uh, Gander, Newfoundland for being so uh, hospitable and opening up their hearts and their uh, and the city and the country of Canada to to all the planes. Certainly, uh, uh, we're a sports show, and we'll move on with sports. Uh, but certainly, uh, at, I'm sure at the uh, NFL games today, when they play that star-spangled banner, um, it's going to be something special. And um, we'll move on. We'll move on to uh, to sports. And uh, it's been an interesting week for the Toronto Blue Jays, Naz. Uh, wow. And uh, she got Louis to go first. I, I, I've got uh, you know I know I, I go I go through um, I, you know because we're not a television sh- not because we're not a television show and we're uh, and we're a radio show. I try to paint a picture for our listeners because it's uh, I always look forward to coming in Sunday mornings because I want to see how you guys are decking yourselves out this morning. So well, I've got the leaves. So I want to report I want to report to our listeners, Naz, who came in early as you usually do, and you've got your Blue Jays cap and your Toronto Maple Leafs sweater today. So uh, and I have my Buffalo Bills <laughs> jacket. So, and Louis, who is who's uh, certainly invited today, uh, and you, of course, uh, sartoriously, uh, sartorially, you are very provocative today because you are wearing your New York Yankees baseball T-shirt. Uh, my eyesight's not so good. Does it say 1903 on there? Nike, New York Yankees baseball, and of course. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, a few times ago when you were in, about a month or so ago, the Yankees were dumping all their talent at the at the all their prospects and everything else at the at the or whatever they're dumping some talent at the trade deadline because the management, as far as we could tell, had given up hope, and now they're right there, Lou. What happened? Where'd the Yankees turn it around? And uh, are they any real threat to the Orioles, the Sox, or the Jays? Well, I think it started more or less when they started realizing that uh, not that that they were going to throw the year away. Uh, they wanted to see what they had in their farm system. They had three top prospects uh, in their farm system. They had Lou Severino, they had Aaron Judge, they got uh, and Gary Sanchez, who was the MVP last year in the Arizona Fall League. And to give these three kids a chance to find out if they can actually play, they put them in a really, they didn't really care whether they won or not. They just wanted to let them play and see how they could handle the months of uh, July, August, and September down the stretch. And whatever happened, happened. I know Joe uh, Girardi says that you know he still had faith in all his guys, and that's fine. But he got rid of some pretty good assets, knowing that he can probably get Chapman back next year as a free agent, and they, it's not going to cost him anything. Miller said he'll do the best that he he'll he'll waive his no trade clause because he wanted the best for the Yankees and and. A-Rod was A-Rod. It was more or less it was time to get rid of a dead piece of wood. And that, that's should, what they, that should have happened three, four years ago. They, it should have, they should have happened yeah, at the start of this the year. That's been the problem. That's the problem, though. Right? It, it should have happened even before his one-year suspension. Yeah. But now they're saying, okay, kids, this is your team. And what they've done, they, they've put in a bunch of young influence kids that want to play the game, the kids that are playing hard. Whatever happens, happens now. But they, so the Yankees know going forward what they have next year coming up in, in spring training. And they got still another three or four kids that can probably play right now. They got Greg Bird, who's, a, who's been out all year with the right shoulder problem. Uh, Severino really hasn't had that great a year. So now 
with what he's done in the last two or three weeks, they might have find it, uh, their middleman. Because you can put him in at six innings, he can go six, seven, eight, and then set everything up for Batances coming in the ninth. Uh, because this kid's got that much stuff, or his stuff is that good, that they can afford to do that. So, uh, you know, it's a win-win situation for the for the Yankees. They get rid of a lot of uh, payroll. They bring in their young kids. If their young kids fall on their face, they says, well, we can always go towards next year. But now they're one game back, and I'm a realist. I know they're not that good. They're playing more or less uh, on emotion right now. But the other teams have better look out because emotion – can take them a long way, uh, especially down the last 20 or 30 games, because every game other than the three games against the Dodgers are in within within their division. Huh. And it's like that with everybody. <laughs> so whoever does the best out of those uh, Tampa, Baltimore, Boston, and the Jays, and the Yankees, whoever wins that record, you add up the last three weeks of the season because they all play each other. That and the best team up. against the teams in the East is the Toronto Blue Jays. So if that's the case, Toronto should be in good uh, standing. I want to go back to you, Naz, and I want to. I want to get. And we talked about it last week. I had. I had an uneasy feeling last Sunday, and I think yeah, I. We, I talked what? about I, it. I, I, said, and I, I wasn't trying what, to jinx the Jays, yeah, but, but I had an uneasy feeling. Remember what I told feeling. you. Remember what okay. I told you. I refresh said, my memory. I Naz. said they haven't had a losing streak and they haven't had a winning streak. So either one of those could happen. But what comes after a losing streak is a winning streak with good teams. So don't be afraid. The Jays are going to be there. That's what I said. Okay, Don- Donaldson didn't have... Uh, didn't he have... was over the week. <laughs> he was over the well, week. Well, you're really optimistic. Huh? You win one game. It's just like last year. You win one game out of seven, uh, and they barely win at 3-2. Where are the bats? This team will not go anywhere if they don't put the bat Lou, on the ball. let me tell you something. You tell me. Josh Donaldson will not go over 46, okay? Josh Donaldson will get his due for sure, and he'll start hitting. The bats will come, come forward. I'll tell you one thing about the Yankees. They're in a better situation than Baltimore is in because they have way better pitching than the Orioles. I'm not even talking I, about I, the no, Yankees but I'm talking here. about No, the, I'm, talking about, I'm answering about the Yankees too. But the Blue Jays, they, they've gone into a losing streak, and, and it's been broken yesterday, and they'll be on their way. I, I, do you know the team to look out for is Detroit? Yeah. In, in, the, they, in the playoffs. Yeah, in yeah. the playoffs, especially in a one-game um, wildcard game. You're telling me that the Jays have a Justin Verlander? What happens if they go up against Verlander in a one-game shootout? Uh, they usually well, do pretty well huh? against Verlander. But you think so? A, that's the case. They could lose. They could win and lose one game. That's the one thing I don't want. They need to win their division because one game anybody uh, can I, win. I just want to pipe in a little bit about this. And, you know, and, and I made the point last week. Um, you know, September baseball is not the same as May baseball. No, it's not. Um, you know, and you, you can have, you know, and the Jays have uh, – I guess the old slang expression used to be with the New York Yankees, they have a murderer's row of, uh, and that may be a politically incorrect saying nowadays, but it's a baseball saying, so let's not get offended by it. But uh, they have a murderer's row of bats. Yeah. But, and I made the point last week, Nez, um, you know, you can't you can't win every baseball game ten to three or nine to five. You got to win the two to one and three to two games because the bats sometimes. You know, uh, they're going to go silent. Uh, and yesterday's game is a classic example of the type of game that the Blue Jays need to win. And, and, and you have to have that clutch pitching. You can't, get, you can't let the game get away from you in the first three, four innings. Um, 
I have no doubts in my mind that in the American League East, the Toronto Blue Jays are the best baseball team. Absolutely. And I think everybody, I think we talked to Eddie Andelman in in Boston, who's an astute observer of, of all things sports and, you know, in Boston, they seem to think we've got the best team here. Uh, it's just it's just getting that performance out. And and the Jays, I mean, there's 20 games, what, 21 games left now? 21 left, yeah. 21 games left. 13 at home, 8 away. Uh, you got to assume that the Jays are, you know, they're not going to, the bats can't go silent for the last 21 games. Mind exactly. you, when, 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 the, when the news starts tightening around the... Uh, uh, you're, you've been a professional athlete, uh, Lou. When the noose starts tightening around the neck a little bit, and uh, things start getting a little bit, uh, um... there's a there's a better expression than that. But uh, <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm not you know what this reminded me of? I had Tom Henke in studio yeah. two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and '87 when the Jays lost the last seven games of the season. That's what they were playing like. But the season ended, and they couldn't snap out of it. Okay. They have 21 games left. I'll make a prediction here, Naz, Wally. Go ahead, The Luke. next eight days are going to make their season. Oh, they I play agree. Te- They play Tampa three games coming up. Then they go to Seattle, and then they go to L.A. for four. After that road trip, let's see where they are. Okay? If they're looking up or they're looking down. And that will be crucial. I think to their... I personally think they'll be looking across, but that's okay. But it'll be very, very crucial to see where they're going to be looking at Boston and where they're going to stand. Anyways, guys, I got to I got to cut it off here. Uh, we're not finished with our Jays talk. Uh, got some time left on the show. We're going to go to break. Uh, where we uh, had uh, Eugene Melnick uh, scheduled uh, to be on the show this morning. We've had uh, a producer advises me he's had a little problem connecting with Eugene this morning. We'll keep giving that a shot during the break. Hopefully, we can uh, we can connect with uh, Eugene during the break, uh, and we'll be right back in a few minutes. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams or special ops units. Go, 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 go. So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. 
on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we are also simulcast on 96.7 FM. Uh, we were hoping to have Eugene Melnick on the show with us this morning, but we've been having a problem uh, contacting him, and we'll keep trying uh, to do that. Hopefully, we can have him on before the end of the show. It's my uh, it's my personal pleasure at this point to make an announcement on behalf of uh, St. Michael's College School. St. Michael's College School. We've had some illustrious graduates of that school have been guests on our show. Uh, at various times over the course of the time we've been on the air, Naz and Lou, and of course uh, some of the infamous graduates that we've been uh, uh, privileged to talk to include David Keon, uh, Leo Routens, of course, and uh, so many others from St. Michael's College School. And there's a gentleman this year that St. Michael's College School is honoring, and it's a gentleman that I, I had a pleasure of meeting on several occasions. That, of course, is the iconic and legendary basketball coach at St. Mike's, Dan Prendergast. Uh, certainly, he uh, he left a lot of good memories in, in a lot of people's lives, and uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to have various friends who who attended St. Michael's College, and including my, my son was a, uh, a student there, and I know how much, how revered Dan Prendergast was. So St. Michael's College School is pleased to introduce the Dan Prendergast Legacy Golf Tournament. Uh, Dan Prendergast for 50 years was an instrumental part of their school life. And I want to advise all alumni of St. Michael's College School that uh, the first St. Michael's College Dan Prendergast golf tournament, remembering and honoring his significant impact on that school, Friday, September 30th at the Country Club in Woodbridge. All net proceeds will benefit the Dan and Sharon Prendergast Fund at St. Michael's School. For more information... To attend, uh, please call Dominic DeLuca, class of 76. I'll give you that number really quickly. He'll take your call at any time, 416-834-8599, 416-834-8599. And uh, we plan on uh, having Leo Routens on the show in the next couple of weeks to share his memories of a man who was an incredible basketball coach and even more importantly, an incredible positive influence on the lives of so many young men. Lewis. Yes. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Red Sox. Red Sox. Um, Orioles. Orioles. Yankees. What can we expect in the next three weeks? What's going to happen? Uh, it, listen, it, 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 right now it's it's going to be a crapshoot. I, I think the, who plays the best baseball in the next three weeks is going to walk away uh, with the title here. Um, 
and we can look at the, the schedules. We can look at the uh, the records. Uh, the Yankees are one game behind uh, the Orioles and and the Jays, uh, or and the Red Sox. There's two behind the Jays. Is it two? Be, is it two behind? Two okay. behind the Jays. Two, behi- two behind the Jays. They get three games coming up uh, in the next ten days. Uh, everybody's done their long road trips. The Yankees got the Dodgers outside of the division. Um, the Jays have uh, seven games out west where they got to yeah, play six, Seattle. Three Seattle, three Los Angeles. Um, before I want to, I'm going to go to you on on this. Now, we've been, we're still trying to get a hold of Eugene Melnick. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to make that connection this morning. So uh, we'll, we'll uh, we'd be pleased to take your calls throughout the show. Uh, if you want to talk sports, by all means, give us a, give us a call. We'll chat about anything sports. I'll quickly give out your those numbers: four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. Toll free one eight six six seven four zero. Four seven four zero, four one six, three six zero, zero seven four zero, one eight six six, seven four zero, four seven four zero. Give us a call. We'd love to chat sports. Uh, Naz, uh, how's the uh, how's the Blue Jay pitching staff holding up? And what do you? Uh, the uh, starting pitching hasn't been hasn't been great lately. But uh, Estrada looks really banged up. I think he's uh, hurt. And uh, I, I look at Liriano being. Uh, into the starting rotation probably Monday. And uh, what would you do with Dickey? Oh, go, you going to full five-man rotation the rest of the oh, season? They should have stayed with the five-man rotation in the, in the first place. But uh, Dickey should be put back into the rotation. Because I think Estrada's hurt. I really do. He's fl- past you, you five outings. back is still uh, out? Yeah, I think so. I think Estrada's been the... Uh, he's pitched poorly, and I think he's really hurt. You know what I'm surprised at? They haven't used Dalton Pompey. You know, here, here's a kid that, local kid, that took the city by fire uh, at the end of two years ago. Came in last year, really slow, had a slow start. They sent him back down to the minors. Uh, was a key in the in the Kansas City game six. I really, I don't know why they haven't put him in. Given give, give Pilar a day off. If you want to put Upton at center, uh, give Pompey a start at. Um, in left field, it just gives this team a little different look because now all of a sudden you got Upton with speed and you got uh, Pompey with speed. You notice that they put them in every eighth or ninth inning when they when they're behind by a run to get a you know a, a very important stolen base. I just want to see them if they can fl- uh, run off of his emotions just uh, a couple of games down here and maybe he might just pick the Jays up. Uh, might be the exact same thing that they need. About a month ago, people were calling um, John Gibbons or uh, talking about Gibby as a potential manager of the year candidate. Last couple of weeks or so, uh, that that discussion has sort of dried up, and now they're uh, you know obviously it's 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 in, in it's a, it's a different discussion about Gibby and and and, and obviously there if the Jays don't make the playoffs, you know his future. Um, will be discussed. Well, uh, they, they, any, any, they're restructuring his contract as yeah, we speak right yeah. now. So, so um, any criticisms of uh, of how the team's been managed in the last? Uh, is is any of this uh, spiral just just bats going silent? Is, is are there any managerial decisions that you've got some difficulty with, Naz? No, there, there's nothing the manager can do in this place. And I, I'm not a Gibby lover, but there's nothing the manager can do in these places. Look at Friday night. 
Upton had a hell of a time in the outfield. He was booting balls. He was dropping flies. He was doing all sorts of stuff. And then he hits a two-run homer yesterday, right? It just it just happens in sports. Yeah, that's why that's why he's got totally batting and trying to hit away instead of trying to get a guy over to third base at crucial times of the games, especially the way the bats are going and giving Donaldson, Batista, and thing a chance to knock in a run like they did in the Yankee series. There was three situations in that series where they had a chance to advance the runners with nobody out, and they didn't do it because Gibby is a he might be a players manager, which is fine, but what are you doing with? Josh Tolley batting at one buck, a buck and a half and trying to hit away on the first pitch, and he pops it up. And I'm a Yankee fan. I'm just kind of laughing and giggling and clapping my hands. Yeah, but the, Joe Girardi's never done anything like that? Who? Girardi's never done anything like that. I'm not saying this is. We're Girardi, talking about the Jays here. Yeah, no, I'm we're talking about the Jays. We're talking about the manager. We're talking about the manager. They all do that. Okay. They always be second guess. They haven't move runners in five years on this team. They've been playing home run ball for five years. That's the nature. Yeah, but now the noose is tightening. Yeah, the noose is, the noose is tightening for everybody. This is September, Lou. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've always, I mean, one, you know, and it's easy to be critical, of course. Um, no, they're, they're that, that, that's the, they're, they're that's right the easy there. part. But the, the, the part about the Jays, um, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, and, and – um, they just don't do, or it's not part of their, of their, their manage, culture. Um, uh, part of their culture. And I know Naz hates that word, so I won't use it. <laughs> it's not part of their managerial philosophy um, to to move runners or to. I mean, exactly. I, I, I mean, the few games that I've been down to, uh, and the games that I've watched, and there've been situations where, you know, you needed one run at a certain point in the, either in the ninth inning or in extra innings, and you had a guy on first base with, with none out, and they don't bunt them to second. Um, um, I mean, I'm, I mean, uh, the, uh, a few times that I've seen that, or certainly, uh, you know, I'm sure they do it, uh, uh, but they don't they, seem they don't to do, do it, it the way the they other don't teams do, it do. They don't do it often because of the makeup of their, their lineup, right? They don't do it often. But is, isn't that just fundamental baseball? You know, you need you need one run and you got a man on first and you don't bunt them to second? Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, am I missing something? It's philosophy. It's the philosophy of the manager. Of the Jays. And yeah. you got to look at Wally. Baseball players of this era, and I'm talking about the last 10 or 15 years, once they get to the pros, these guys, they don't know how to bunt because the fundamental baseball is not taught at every level. These guys are coming out as three or four hitters on their college teams. They come in, and they're batting seven or eight when they call, get called up here. They don't do this enough at spring training. They don't do this enough at the minor leagues. They don't do enough of this here in, at the major league level. And everybody will tell you, okay, a lot of the guys, 80% of the guys in the major league baseball right now don't know how to bunt, to sacrifice. They do it because they're told to do it from the bench, but they don't know how to do it because they've never done it or they never exclusively go through it at uh, spring training. The biggest problem with the Jays has been they haven't been able to knock in runs in scoring position. They've been brutal for the last two weeks. And strike and out it's a not, lot. It's, not it's their, a slump. It's not their Tolis. It's their Donaldsons. It's their Batistas. It's their Is there, do, do Encarnacions. Sense, it's not Tolis. You know what? Do, do you sense there's any problem in the clubhouse, Ness? I, I know that they, they made the, the press made a, a big deal about this players' meeting they had. Uh, was, it, was, it, was, it, was it yesterday? Yesterday, yesterday morning? Yeah, um, the uh, is there any problem in the clubhouse? That well, uh, You get a sense that there's something going on? Where's the leadership on this team? 
who 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 Tulowitzki is the leader. Is Tulowitzki the leader? Yeah, Tulowitzki to me is the leader of the team. No, they say it's Donaldson, but I think it's no. Tulowitzki. I, I think it's a core. And, and how does that go you think over? It's Batista and Lou, Lou, let me ask you a question. Um, how does that go over? Uh, Tulowitzki has been here a year. Donaldson a little bit more, a year and a half. Okay. Uh, of course, there's other leaders, supposed leaders on this team that have been here longer. Bautista, Encarnacion, whomever, you, whoever, some of the pitch, whoever you want to look at. How does that go over in a dressing room when you've been here for five years and somebody who just comes in and he's now the so-called leader of the team? Because you know why? Does it, that? How, what, what does that do? It, it depends who you're bringing in and the character that you're bringing in. This team turned around when they made the big trade for Donaldson, when they when they signed Russell. When they brought in Tulowitzki and they brought in David Price last year, they got rid of Reyes and they got rid of Cabrera and they got rid of some other clans there. Okay, so this team turned over. And I know that because Batista and Edwin have been here longer, but I'll tell you, this team, there's a three-headed horse here. It's Tulowitzki, Russell Martin, because he's won everywhere he's gone. Correct. And the makeup of Josh Donaldson is not in the makeup of Edwin and uh, Jose, because they're too laid back, and Tudor Whiskey. Those are the three guys that run the the clubhouse right now. And when they sat down yesterday and whatever they discussed, they hashed it out. Everybody had better buy in, because if they're not, there's going to be... What, what happens in these team meetings? But that, you, know, you know, they get the players around, you know, the things haven't been going good. Okay, somebody says, okay, we got to meet. we got to meet. Okay, let's let's sit, let's sit. No, no, no managers, no thing. We're going to meet. What do they talk about? Baseball and hockey are two different things. Baseball okay. is a team thing, so you can air it out with all kinds of four-letter words because everybody, you need everybody on board. Baseball is an individual sport. I don't know exactly what was said yesterday. Are there, but, uh, is there finger-pointing going on in these meetings? There, there are guys be. looking yeah. at each other yeah. and say, you've got to get your act together? There, there or could I, don't, be. I don't like what you've been doing out there? Yes and no. I think everybody generalizes, but there's baseball, again, is an individual sport. You have to go all out. You can't give bats away. You got to do the smart thing. You got to bunt people over. You got to take zero uh, and two. You can't go, keep on going for the home run. You want to try to get the bat on the ball, move the guy over for second. Uh, uh, when you have a guy on second base with less than two out, you want to try to hit the ball to the right hand side on an 0-2 count because you want after if you get the guy over to third base, you can get him on a fly ball home like uh, like the Yankees did yesterday. It's just the, it's the little things that people that they get in their head that they think the home run is going to be the the end of all. That's going to win the ball game. Well, did you watch a game thing, yesterday, Ness? Yes, I did. Well, did you, thing, get a, did you get a different sense from the players that there there was a different attitude yesterday after that meeting? No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I don't. Th- I don't think it was much different at all. I, I do think Tulowitzki is the leader of that team because he comes with a reputation, right? Has he won? It, you, yeah, he's been he's been in playoffs before with uh, Colorado. He was in a World Series. He was in a World Series. So, and he's a star player. The guy that added instant credibility last year was David Price. They don't have that guy coming in this year. David Price automatically rose the team last year. That's for sure. Well, when they made the trade for David Price, that was the, it showed everybody that they were serious about winning. Yeah, exactly. But Tulowitzki's the guy. If you notice, the guy that goes out and talks to the pitcher is not the pitching coach. Tulowitzki is saying, here's the pitch you should throw. And he throws it, and they get a ground ball out. And he's the, he's the leader of that team. And what I, the one thing I didn't like the other night when they pulled Tulowitzki for a pinch runner, 
You don't pill your <laughs> leader. Who they, who they put out there? No, Pompey was the right guy. But the, you don't pull Tulowitzki to do that. Who do they, <laughs> Because later on, his bat was missing when he needed it. His who, bat was missing. Who's the leader of Boston? Pedroia. Not Ortiz? Ortiz has to or, be. He seems he's like one of them. A big oh, he's one of them. He's one of them. Did they not pull Ortiz yesterday? To... Yeah, Ortiz is... Uh, is what? Guys, we're getting, we're getting split hairs on managerial decisions. It's, it's, a, it's a mugs game. I mean, uh, you know, anytime a manager makes a, you know, uh, if you're going to look at one specific... Yeah, it's, it's a crucial I, time I, of the I, game. I, I, they took Ortiz I, I out it. at the end of the game. I, I there. get it. I get it. Right? You know, you're making they, your they, point. They want to put speed. They, they put Makata in. Yeah. The thing I don't understand is if you're going to put Makata in, why don't you attempt to steal? I know they got bets up at bat that can more or less change the whole complex of the game. But listen, first pitch or second pitch, run. Maybe the other team knows that. But it's still uh, Cheryl, or he wanted to win the game or he wanted to tie the game. That's why it took Ortiz out. Anyways, I want to wrap up our baseball discussion. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to get Eugene Melnick on the show today. We just haven't been able to uh, get in contact with him. Uh, of course, we'd love to take your calls at 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Uh, we'll be going to break shortly. Right after the break, we'll be talking to Sean Clement. Uh, it's the return of Tiger Woods to the PGA Tour after over a year. He's a Tiger will be returning at the Safeway Open in Napa, and that's certainly going to be a buzz. We're talking about Sean Clement after the break, about Tiger Woods and what we can expect. And uh, hockey started getting nasty this week. Uh, I'd, I'd uh, switch over to the World Cup of Hockey. Uh, Lou, I hope you've been watching some of the games. Um, I'd, I'd, orig- I'd, I didn't think this tournament was going to create any kind of a buzz or any kind of excitement. Uh, I thought it was going to be played like an exhibition, and, and they had the, the world, uh, the, the team of North America, under-23 team, and this Team Europe team. Uh, but things got nasty. There's, there's some guys who don't like each other. Well, when you got- and, and, and I want to finish the point. And it's not just Americans and Canadians. Those Finns and Swedes, they don't like each other. Never have. Those Czechs and Russians, they don't like each other. Never the Czech, have. I was, in, I was in Prague a few weeks back. Believe me, they haven't forgotten 1968. I, I think every, every, every little Czech boy and girl is taught that from the time they can, they can, you know, they can speak. Know. So this, this got nasty. So this might get very, very interesting. It was interesting because I was at the uh, Team Canada 72 uh, reunion type thing over at uh, the Sony Center last night. There was nine former Team Canada 72 players. And Ken Dryden talked about the Czechoslovakia and Russia situation in 1968 when oh, yeah. we played. The Czechs beat the Russians twice that year. Those the were the most brutal they hockey. The, they, yeah, the, the most brutal hockey games probably in the history of hockey uh, because that particular uh, – that particular year, the Soviet Union had invaded uh, exactly. the, the Czech Republic, sent tanks into – it was Czechoslovakia at the time – sent ta- tanks into the big squares in, uh, in, in Prague. And believe me, the Czechs have not forgotten that. And it, it surfaces when they play. And that's some pretty nasty hockey. And, uh, you know, Canada, Canada, the United States, we don't like each other. 
that much on the hockey rink. What you know? I mean, Kessler uh, is a Ryan Kessler, right? Uh, he was trying to make a statement in the first game at Columbus, uh, and the U.S. are trying to make a statement. They got that big guy Dustin Bufflin, so. You know, this may be the first. It may be the time. Is this? Is are they trying to outsell the Canadians? Is, is is this a new strategy on the Americans' part, Lou? Well, no. It's it's old time hockey. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's John Tortorella. It, it, it's John Tortorella behind the bench, and what it is, it's. But these were exhibition this is, games. This is the way we have to beat the Canadians, and we have to send. You're them gonna beat mess. us up? Is that is no, that their no, new they, they want to no, beat. They, they want to beat they, us up. They they want to beat. They have to play physical to survive. They can't. They're not going to match talent for talent on this. You have to beat the Canadians by being physical. Throw them off their game. But now, the Canadians are saying, "Okay, you want to do that? We'll do it too." Tavares, Corey Perry, Shea Weber, uh, Joe Thornton. Um, I, I can go right down the line. Brett Burns. I can go right down the line. You guys want to do that? Okay. You've just woken up a dead bear. We'll, we'll, we'll match you. Okay? That's a big dead bear in Burns. That's yeah. For sure. And it's it's going to be, if they can keep this intensity up, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to interrupt you guys for just a second. Uh, uh, I think we have a call on the line. Sebastian, is that Doug from Lindsay, Ontario? Uh, Doug, are you there? Doug? Uh, good morning. This is Kevin. From- oh, Kevin, how are you this morning? A very pleasant Sunday to you, sir. How are you? We're doing great. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Enjoying your show. And just wondering if I could just slide in a quick comment on the World Cup of Hockey. Absolutely. Go ahead, Kevin. Yes. Go ahead, please. Oh, yes. I'm wondering if the World Cup of Hockey, there was a column in the Buffalo News today, and they mentioned that, the tournament, it could be more popular than the regular season, which I thought was quite a statement uh, because with the regular season. And I'm just wondering if you feel the, the expectations of the tournament will play out as well as that comment. Uh, thank, Kevin, thanks so much for your call. Naz, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Uh, it, it is. I, I, didn't, I didn't expect much either. I, I thought it would be like an exhibition series myself. I thought there wouldn't be much hitting in that. But it's turned into already early in the preseason games, pre-tournament games. It's been really wild. I mean, it's going to be something. Oh, so I, I tell you, if, if somehow if somehow Canada and the U.S. ends up in, uh, I think the finals are best two out of three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting. I'll tell hockey. you one thing: if they don't knock around the North American team, <laughs> they're going to skate rings around those guys because they they were flying against Europe the other night. Uh, your response to Kevin's call? Uh, you know, you've got the Swedes hate the Finns. You got the Czechs hating the Russians. You got the Americans hating the Canadians. What better hockey can you have? The thing that and the uh, young guys hating the old guys, <laughs> <laughs> and the young guys. Oh no, the old they, guys they hating the young guys. <laughs> it's going to be a, a type of hockey that some of these guys are going to be teammates. Yeah, it's true. Right, starting October, some of these guys are going to be teammates. So how are they going to feel when I've just run over Wally and I got to go in the same dressing room? Wally, what? What are you thinking? We're teammates here. It's a spirit and I mean, of competition. Yeah, you're right. Like how's uh, how's Perry and Getzlaff going to look at Getzlaff if he puts or uh, Kessler if he yeah. puts one of those guys through the boards the way he did in game one? Yeah. It's going to be very very interesting. Uh, I hope it picks up the intensity as the series goes on. 
Uh, I think the jury is still going to be out on how good the hockey is going to be because of the ho- the, the regular uh, season I, coming up. I had I had some I had some extreme doubts, and we've got to go to break shortly, and we'll we'll pick up the conversation uh, after after the break and after we speak to Sean Clement. Um, I had I had some significant doubts about this tournament, but uh, after after uh, about three or four exhibition games, um, these guys want these guys want to win. Um, there, you know, it didn't take them long. They're they're wearing their national colors, and and they're playing the anthems, and those flags are going up, and there's nothing that stirs. Uh, I mean, we used to we used to think it was uh, you know it was a Canadian thing that only you know that we 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 go crazy for hockey. Uh, I was in the Czech Republic; they're just as crazy about hockey as we are, just as crazy. Well, that's why the World uh, Championships at the end of the year are so important to them because it, it's their national. It's right? their Stanley and it, Cup. Hockey's important to the Swedes. It's important oh. to the Finns. It's uh, it's important to the Americans now. Uh, it's just as important to everybody else. We like to think it's our game, and it is in a lot of ways. But they 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 will they will they will go to their last breath trying to win this tournament just like Canadians will. And there's some question marks. How did how did Price didn't look very good in his first game back? And he looked rusty. It's still early. It's still early. But it's still early. Yeah. Uh, um, Corey Crawford looked pretty good yesterday. <laughs> quick, quick minute before we go to break. I want both your thoughts on uh, team team youth. Team you call youth. it Team North America. Uh, Love Austin. Let's, let's talk about uh, Team Young Guys. Austin Matthews. It was awesome. I didn't watch much of the, uh, the North American game, but from from what I watched in the highlights, uh, they're going to be a, a team of a, a lot, a lot of speed. Uh, I guess experience might have something to do and probably goaltending. Yeah. Uh, team, I, I mean, I watched the uh, team, and a really quick comment, then we'll go to break. I watched Team North America, and they're playing again tonight against Team Europe. Um, watched them play against uh, Team Europe the other night. And McDavid, um, I mean, the talent level um, on some of these young, I don't even want kids, they can't even call them kids, is extraordinary. Like, Connor McDavid has a gear that I've never seen before. Like, I mean, it's just like he's got, and he just, he's got jet propulsion at a certain point where he just, he just blows away from people. I've never seen anybody do it. Probably the only guy I can remember in my memory that was, that was similar uh, was Bobby Orr, just that they have that one extra gear where they can just lose people. Austin Matthews, um, from what I've seen him play, um, he's the real deal. Uh, he can play with men. Uh, he's got skill. He's got size. He's got it between the ears. Um, man, he's got a bright future, and, and thankfully he, it's a bright future in the blue and white. Yep. The one thing that... Uh... And, and to all anybody out there who's got... Toronto Maple Leaf tickets, or no? I'll, I'll take it the reverse way. If you don't have Toronto Maple Leaf tickets, buy them now. Buy them now because the price is going to start going up. Because you keep watching Austin Matthews in this tournament, and Mitch Marner, and Nylander, and some of the young guns that the Leafs have, there's going to be a, a, a more exciting brand of hockey down at the ACC. Uh, you're buying tickets, buy them now. The prices are going to start you know, going I, up. I saw an incident where Matthews had the puck and he was he gave it up in, at the blue line in, in the offensive zone. He came back on the European player. I'm not sure who it was. It may have been even Kopitar and stripped him of the puck, took it back from him. And he is phenomenal in his own end of the rink. 
He's already a two-way player, and that's hard to find at a young age. 18 years old. Anyways, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with Sean Clement, and we'll be talking about the return of the Tiger. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Pepperoni Party Pizza Special. Get 24 slices for just $24. Can you eat it all in just 24 hours? 24 square slices smothered in pepperoni. You've also got to deal with six bottles of Pepsi. 24 plus six Pepsi for 24. Can you finish it? Go to pizzaville.ca for details. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Nads and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome back to the uh, to the Nads and Wally Sports Hour, Sean Clement. Of course, Sean is one of the world's great golf teachers. You can find him at www.wisdomingolf.com. And also, of course, he's got some tremendous, tremendous stuff on YouTube at Sean Clement. And if you want to find him in person or see him in person, he's at the Richmond Hill Golf Learning Center at Bathurst and Highway 7 in Vaughan. Good morning, Sean. Morning, guys. Top of the morning to you. It's the return of the Tiger, Sean. He's going to be returning after a year in uh, uh, out with, uh, with uh, back surgeries. Uh, he's back at the Safeway Open in California on October 13th. Can you believe it? And he's coming back from two back surgeries. Yeah. Uh, Sean, tell me, what does Tiger have to do to be successful, and what does a year away from golf 
due to a golfer? Well, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think he. Uh, obviously, he needs to get back into the swing of things, and uh, this is a good tournament to do it because not, you know, a lot of the guys are going to be uh, uh, relaxing from uh, from a huge season, of course. So, uh, easing himself back into it, and, and you remember when he first started out, it was, it was, it was more along the lines of the the final events of the year, and and uh, where he said, uh, "Hello, world." So uh, I think I think the timing is really good. I just I just hope that it that it really is the case. And if it really is the case, then uh, they'll be moving. You know, he'll be moving the needle uh, once again. What does a year off from playing golf do to uh, to a golfer in terms of swing, in terms of mental focus, uh, in terms of all of those things? Well, I mean. It, it's hard to it's hard to tell what's going to happen uh, to Tiger uh, as, as far as this is concerned. I mean, if you look at you look at the odd makers uh, for for his return, and, and it's it's all over the map. You know, some guys are saying fifty to one and uh, to win, and other guys are saying, well, it's more like seven hundred to one. So, I mean, it's it's anybody's guess. But I mean, to me, it's just getting yourself out of a rhythm. You know, so when you're playing. And you've got a regular schedule, and you've been doing it for a decade, um, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, for 14 months, it's it's you know a year and some, you're taking out of that, you're taking yourself out of that rhythm. So he needs to get back into that rhythm before he can actually start to perform, and it would be uh, an incredible fluke for him to start uh, winning right out of the gate, of course. Sean, what would happen to the uh, golf industry if uh, Tiger comes back and is successful? <laughs> I tell you, they, they sure need a shot in the arm. Maybe, maybe maybe Nike will get back into the game. I mean, I'm uh, that's that's one of my major disappointments of the season, right there. And that that'll be a topic for another talk with you guys. But um, you know, that'd be uh, that'd be a really really cool thing. Uh, I think golf really needs a shot in the arm right now. Uh, I'm I I know. Uh, reading reports that the 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 TV. Uh, the TV networks, the sponsors, uh, they they are salivating at the prospect of of Tiger uh, coming back. There is yeah. no question that uh, if he if he manages to make the cut and gets into the leaderboard on the last uh, the the weekend on that Safeway Open, the ratings yeah. are going to go through the roof. If there's one story that uh, the sporting public or the public loves better than anything else, it's redemption. People people will forgive. They they may not forget, but they they're they're more than happy to forgive. Phil Phil Mickelson, who he's you know a mortal enemy of Tiger, certainly on the golf course at various times. He's already he's already published. He's already put out a tweet. He wants to play with Tiger that weekend. He, he and, and those he guys were never the they, they were never the best of friends. Uh, and Mickelson's on the record saying, "I want to play with Tiger when he comes back." That's Tiger uh, means, I mean, golf's been drift. I mean, there's been some fantastic young players, Jason Day and Dustin Johnson and uh, Rory McIlroy. But, man, they just don't have the presence of Tiger Woods. No, the the electricity is uh, is not even close. Uh, I mean, who who did not want to be Tiger Woods in his heyday? It's just that's that's what it boils down to. And the, the kind of feelings that you get from this, like an old... One of your favorite rock and roll songs, you know. Every time it comes on the radio, you get you get that little rush, you know. So, uh, with with Woods, it's the same thing, and I agree with you. People are gonna 
they're going to forgive because of all all the good times that he's he's brought to the game. Has the decline in golf, uh, the golf courses are seen to be going down by the wayside. And does Tiger have anything to do with that rush? Um, I, I'd have to say, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think if you look, there, there was a, a report. You could see the the graph of you know the popularity of golf. Uh, it, you know, it's it's gone up from 24 million to 30 million, and now it's back down to, to the 24 million before Tiger Woods hit the scene. And you could see <laughs> that the, the trial and tribulations of Tiger Woods mirrored exactly the popularity of the game. It's it's unbelievable. Sean, you don't think that uh, that Jordan Spieth and uh, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, and uh, and Rory McIlroy are, are are carrying this game to a point right now where uh, I know how much they want Tiger in because it's going to make them more money by by getting him in there. You don't think that they are carrying this game right now to a point where uh, they should be satisfied uh, with everything that they're uh, that, that they're getting? Well, you see, golf is never going to go away. I mean, it's it's an unbelievable sport, game, discipline. I mean, it's it, it goes, it runs the gamut. It's it's to me, in in my mind, it's it's my whole life. You know, it's it's just an amazing game, and I think it's the same. You know, so many people feel the same way I do, and so it's never going to go away. Uh, it's it's it what what's going to bring the game back to you know for for the rest of the masses you know the the ones that are on the fence and and things like that um, and you know golf has changed in the last fifteen years just you know demographically so uh, the, the 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 new kids on the block are a little more in, in tune with electronics and uh, and uh, what's going on with technology so that's that's you know there's so many factors that uh, that people pontificate on. But I know that golf's not going anywhere. It's just um, the most amazing game in the world. And uh, it's just they won't be able to carry it the same. Nobody's going to be able to carry it the same way, Tiger. It's, it's, it's not even close. We've been talking to Sean Clement. Sean, we're going to have to let you go. You've uh, raised some interesting topics we're going to have to get back to you on. Uh, certainly want to follow up on the, on the demise of Nike in the golf business. Taylor Maid has also gone through some significant yeah. uh, troubles. Yeah. Uh, we want to get into. We, we're going to call you back. We're going to have that discussion. And who's going to win the Ryder Cup, Cup, Sean? I have that one with you guys. Anyway, Sean, we'll let you go. And uh, Ryder Cup's coming up. And Lou just made. Uh, we'll get you back soon. Awesome guys, have, have a good one. A, have a fantastic day. That, of course, was Sean Clement. We've just got a minute left, and there's a topic I want to go to, Nez, because you're wearing your Toronto Maple Leaf jersey, and it's important I talk about it today. Uh, it's the Toronto Maple Leaf centennial year coming up, and uh, we've put in a request to the uh, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment to uh, we want to have a discussion with them about all of their celebrations, and hopefully in in in, uh, in an upcoming show in the next few weeks, we can talk to somebody from MLSE. But uh, Toronto Maple Leafs are doing a contest uh, on their website, maplelefs.nhl.com. I don't know if any if the listeners are aware of this. The Toronto Maple Leafs are inviting fans for to vote for the top 100 Leafs of all time. And the balloting closes, if I'm not mistaken, September 17th. Uh, September 17th. So it's important that all of our listeners who are Toronto Maple Leaf fans, that you get on there and you choose who is your favorite Toronto Maple Leaf so of gonna all time. So they're going to choose Louie, eh? They're going to choose uh, Louie. I didn't see your name there, Louie, and we only <laughs> got about... And we're certainly going to keep talking about this on the show. Um, and, uh, you know, I know for Louie, for you, it's the big M. Naz, I don't know who your favorite Toronto Maple Leaf of all time is. Oh, it has to be Dave Keon. Dave Keon. My favorite Toronto Maple Leaf of all time is Dave Keon. But to all our listeners and all the Toronto Maple Leaf fans... 
Go to that website. You've got till September 17th. Vote for the top 100 Maple Leafs of all time. www.mapleleafs.nhl.com. Louis, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Guys, if I'm in the top 100, I'm going to fall off this chair. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot be because they've already pre-selected who you can vote for. I didn't see your name there. <laughs> oh, maybe t- maybe <laughs> top 100 <laughs> penalty uh, uh, penalty minutes of all they time. Maybe that. I was only here for one year, guys. Okay. They spell I did quite last well you were here I, for one year, but I you did, left your mark. I did left, leave my mark You're, after one year. When they have that welcome back thing down at the ACC, you always get a loud pause. I'm being told if I don't get off the air... I'm going to get cut off. So, Naz, have a fantastic week. Lou, have a fantastic week. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. And Jay's will be in first by the end of the day. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.